God bless you. So good to be in a free United States of America. These people helped make this. No matter what anybody says, I could not stand here today without the effort of these men that have stood before us today. Thank you so much. This morning I want to talk to you and just take a few minutes, but I want to talk to you about focus. How many knows that it focus, whatever you're focused on is going to head your life in that direction, what you remain focused on. And so if we could focus on the right things, wouldn't it make sense that if we're doing what God wants us to do, watching and looking and thinking and doing the right things, then we would have some better results. This morning, it's going to be very quick, give you seven practical habits that's going to make you stronger, make you a, a better believer, make you a better person. If I could show you these, and, and at least so you go, I could do that. Would you do it? Would you do it so that you would say, you know what, this is, this is great. I could have just, this has really helped me. You can leave today different than when you came in. If you're already doing all of these, my hat is off to you. You should have told me because I could have used that help, okay? So I'm working on it as well. But uh, statistics say it takes 21 days if you're doing something regularly over and over again to form a habit. So doing it on a regular basis, something you can do almost without thinking. For over seven years while I was going to school and doing things so I could do what I do now, I worked at Honda. And they, the first job I had was tires. And so they had this machine and it had uh, all of the lug bolt things. You know, they're, somebody had already, we'd put them on or I'd put them on, the tire on and have to just barely get the lug nut started. I'd run this machine and it'd run with the cars that went down the line, bring it back. You got to go do them to put another tire, load it, put those on. So I had to do all of that. And, and they, the people that were working there were laughing when I came in. And I said, what's so funny? And they said, the two guys before you? I said, yeah, where are they now? They said, they no longer work here. I'm like, oh, really? What happened? This job, they just quit. Thank you, Jesus. But this is what I said. I told my wife, I said, you know, we, we had Mal and, and we needed this job. Everybody ever need something? I said, I will not quit. I will, they'll have to carry me out. That we need this. And I made up my mind. They said, well, if you can make it through the first two weeks, you'll make it. So that's what I did. I set my focus on two weeks. So, man, when I went there, I had my, my game day. It was game day, game face. Melinda saw me today. She goes, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, you just seem like you're off in another world. I said, man, it's game day. Because I got to get in the zone. Come on. I got to get where I got to hear from God. How many understand what I'm talking about? So when I had to go to work, I put that thing on and I worked. By the time my shift was done, I come home, I just almost collapsed in bed. I was, I was exhausted. Sweat. But after two weeks, I was keeping up. I was still sweating real hard, but after a few months, I wasn't sweating near as hard. And I started training other people to do it. Because I did it repetition. I did it over and over and over again. Do you know that that is still one of the best ways, if not the best way, to learn to do something over and over and over again? So what is a habit? Let's think about it. Habits always serve some kind of biological, spiritual, or practical purpose. There's a reason we do what we do. Think about this. You're like, what? Like picking your nose in traffic? Yes, I'm going to go there. That's gross. But your nose gets cleaned out, stress is decreased, and there's a purpose. 
I don't know why that is. Behind the, the, the glass of a car, people are like, I guess they can't see me. Uh, yeah, we can. Before I go any further, let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Well, let's go to something even maybe a little bit different, just of doing a healthy habit. Now, I've got four children. They're all raised. I have one that still lives at home with me, but I've had two boys, two girls, and they get to an age where they need deodorant. Boys sweat. They play hard. They come back. They need deodorant. They don't think they do, and you say, oh, yes, you do. Here's a habit, flossing and brushing your teeth. There are many biological and practical benefits, like better smelling breath, healthier teeth, removing clam chowder taste of your mouth, lower dental bills. Charles Dunhig, author of Power of Habits, goes as far as to say that brushing or flossing your teeth is a habit that will radically change your life. And we think, oh my goodness, that's, now I'm being silly, but that's also serious. That is actually a real study. Little things mean a lot. You don't think they mean anything, but later, how many wishes you would have saved $10, $20 a week when you were 19? And, and now you wish you had that. Or just little things. Realize Twinkies never expire, and you've eaten so many of them. Those kind of things. God, how do I, how do, I do some things now? Is it too late for me? It's never too late if Jesus is involved. A habit is formed when you consistently meet an important need or a chosen behavior. Unhealthy uh, identity creates unwise habits. Unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. Now listen to what I'm saying. So I was funny in the beginning, but I want to really... It's not as much about our, our doing. It's about, and this word I just put in there, so this is another breadism probably. It's about our whoing. Not that you're a bunch of owls. But it's about the reason why you do what you do. Something is, you know, well, I'm all mad. Why? Because this. And all, every time this happens, this is the mood I get in. Or, or this. Or I hate the drive to traffic or whatever. I, we pastored in Pickerington. And, and uh, we lived 28 miles from the church. And there'd be people in the church that said, I don't know how you do that. I mean, you gotta, it's a half an hour drive to get to your house. I'm like, yeah, but it's country. I mean, it was like peaceful. Our kids, I mean, we love the dollar drive through We fed them by the time they were home, like after church on a Sunday night or Wednesday night. It was time for bed, almost. But it was de-stressing. Had people that work, they live, check it out, 10 miles away from where they work, takes them 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes, depending on traffic, to get to work in Columbus. And they white-knuckle it the whole way. So, you know, you got a way. What, God, what is it? What could I do? What are the things in my doing or my whoing? What's my reason? Why are some pe people successful and others are not? Could involve a four-letter word. Work. Some people aren't afraid to work. They just put their hand to it. But we have a mentality, especially now, it seems like more people are just entitled. I don't need to work. You, you owe me after all. Everybody owes me a living. Isn't that how that works? They try to work the system, find a loophole, when actually the system was created to get you out of the system. Church, if we're going to pull weeds, we need to plant flowers. When you establish, everybody say establish. 
I'm going to give you seven habits that will make you stronger and more fulfilling. Habits that will keep you strong, protect you from the enemy. Increase your love for God, your family, your church, your community. Increase your finances and, and catapult you to victory. Would you do them? The secret to your future is hidden. It's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. And I'm going to show you how you can tap into that. But it's up to you. Your future is up to you. Whatever you have and whatever happens in your life isn't an accident or necessarily always God's will. How many have ever done things that aren't God's will? I got the t-shirt for some of that. It's in your hands more than you know. We have people that are walking around. Well, if it's God's will. That's a real lazy excuse because it's real easy. Everybody pulls the God card. But you have responsibility. Are you ready to write it down? Here is this great secret. It isn't rocket science. It's your daily routine. It's your daily routine. It's what you do every day will determine what you have in this life. <laughs> Many of you know me from long before. I mean, I lost 65 pounds in four and a half months. I'm not going to show you the picture of what I was before. But that didn't happen overnight. You know how that happened? My daily routine. One bite at a time. I worked my way there and loved every minute of it. But once I got there, I didn't appreciate the health benefits that came with that, which were very few. If you're sowing to your flesh, the results will never be what you want. But if you sow to your spirit, you'll become stronger and stronger. Galatians 6, 8. I want you to get to the place where you can stand confidently on your ground. Resist the enemy. Receive from God. But you got a decision. And it's an important one. Look at Proverbs 8, 34 and 35. This is what it says. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. You see where it says daily there? Whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. Daily routine produces great results. There's a place I sit every morning. When I get up in the morning, it's in our library room. I have a chair there, and now we have the Christmas tree up in the family room. So they've moved this big chair into the library, and we've taken one of the other chairs and moved it somewhere. The big chair is oh so much better. Kim could sit with me in the big chair. It's like, oh, I don't want to move it back. I sat in it for the first time this morning doing devotions this morning. I was like, this is nice. But what my point is, every morning, this is where I am. How many remember Daniel? Daniel, you can't pray anymore. And the Bible says he did just like he always had, as was his practice. What about you? Do you have that time? Do you have something that you do every day as a daily routine? Now, let me go back and redeem my children. They do wear deodorant. They were convinced and everything is fine. So just so that you know. But when we establish our focus and concentrate on habits, it'll take us to a higher level. It'll bring freedom. It'll make us stronger. It'll change us. It'll, it'll help us to defeat the enemy. 
it'll take us to the head of the line. It gives us favor. I just, we just bought Maddie a car. I mean, and it's, it's a Honda Accord. She got a great deal on it. She got the car for less than half of what it's worth. I mean, it's just crazy. People are like, are you kidding me? It's the favor of God. It's not like I'm special. It's just the favor of God. I'm glad to serve my father. Here's our first habit this morning. Feed your spirit. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus told him, no, the scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we can't just live for food for our physical body. We have to feed our spirit. Because if we take time to feed our spirit, that focus brings knowledge. Knowledge brings reality. You want to know why your situation is? You need to feed your spirit. Brings understanding, answers. If this is the only meal you eat every week, and I'm feeding it to you, I'm not saying it's a bad meal, it's a good meal. But I'm just saying, what do you do the rest of the week? I would rather see somebody that would feed their spirit at least a couple minutes every day than not feed it six days and on seventh day just try to make it all happen. I have people that ask me all the time, I just, I don't know a devotion. You know there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Today is, is the 10th. Read Proverbs 10 before you go to bed tonight. Tomorrow read Proverbs 11. The next day read Proverbs 12. It's pretty easy. Proverbs is full of wisdom. It's full of, of knowledge. It's full of things, protection for you. So how do you feed it? By God's word every day to stay a strong believer, a strong Christian. You can't just have a snack meal. Although a snack from time to time is great. I get it. But you need something that's going to give nourishment to your spirit. Because trials are coming. We don't avoid them. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Now I'm going to say that one more time. Because some people think like, oh, you don't go through anything. Really? You know what the difference is of sometimes what people go through is how they handle it. Come on. It's how strong they are and how they view it and their perspective on it and what they do with what they get. There are some things that you would be like, that would devastate me. On, on my level, as far as where I, I would say, I won't let that affect me. There's some things that I would be like, that would really bother me. And then it'd hit you and you'd be like, I don't even care about that. You see, because it is what it is on how you view that. How do you feed your spirit? What is God in you saying? You are not God, but the God in you. The word of God has to become priority in your life, not something we do in our spare time. We talked about it Wednesday. You missed a great service on Wednesday. Well, m many of you were here, so if you weren't here, you missed a great service on Wednesday. But what I'm telling you is we need that, that connection with God. A preacher once told himself, listen, no word, no breakfast. He refused to eat for his physical body until he fed his spiritual self. Here's our second habit this morning. Build your faith. 1 Samuel 36. David was now a great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk of stoning him. 
But David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, your Bible may say he encouraged himself in the Lord. This story is coming from Ziklag, where they had robbed now all of the camp and taken the wives and the kids. And, and so now they're mad at David because David had had them all away. And David had to find encouragement from the Lord because he couldn't find it anywhere else. Have you ever been there? You're looking for somebody to encourage you, but there is no one around. There are few and far between. So he went to the strongest source he knew. He went to God. You see, you need that relationship because trials still come. You still deal with rain, but you can be Gene Autry and sing in it. Or you can be Eeyore. Well, it'll probably ruin the house. I mean, you, it just depends on how you want to look at it. Faith is your responsibility. It isn't God's. It isn't mine as your pastor. It isn't your spouse's. You are the only one who can guarantee that you can enjoy a strong faith by you activating it. He's given you the tools God has to develop strong faith. The faith that moves mountains, quenches the flame of fire, turns weakness into strength, puts whole armies to flight. How do you find that kind of faith? You've got to hear the word of God again and again, repetition and repetition over and over. I'm going to ask you a question. Two guys are sitting on a fence, Pete and repeat. Pete fell off. Who was left? Two guys are sitting on a fence, Pete and repeat. Were on. Pete fell off. Who was left? Two guys were sitting up. It's just hearing it over and over again. How did we teach our kids? My wife homeschooled our kids for the most part of their life, and she taught them how to read. She taught them how to write. I'm the one that taught them arithmetic. No, that's not true. Didn't learn any of that from me. But it is repetition. It is hearing something over and over again. Feeding your faith is the seed. Hearing it again and again is the water that builds it. You need to hear it. It needs to go from your brain, drop down to your heart. Hear yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you hear it so much, and then you meditate it on, and you get it in your spirit, then you believe it, and then faith always has a point of release and a point of reception. Then you can thank God for stuff before it ever happens, because you've already prayed and received in faith. Put some of these ideas in your daily routine. Brett, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any time. By the time I get up and the kids want this, they want that, they want... You know, sometimes I'd come home from work. And then now, you know, PK is with me every day here at the church. So that's kind of cool. But before, when we were raising kids, she was home. And I'd come home and she'd be like, talk to me. Because all she heard was, I want a juice. I want some crackers. He's breathing my air. He hit me. Mal's making me wear a dress. I don't know if Mal made it. Mal always wanted to play house or something. If she could con anybody into it, you'd be Sam. She'd want to go outside. She'd, Zach would be like, I ain't doing that. Sam would be like, okay, let's go. Adult, you can talk to me. Tell me, how was your day? And we are guys, so our day was like, it was good. <laughs> she wants more than that. Talk to me. Give, me. give me some adjectives. Give me something. It was really good. Here's what you can do on your way to work. You know, you can go to Google Play Store. You can go to the Apple Store. You can get our app, True Life Church. It's free. You can listen to this ordinary preacher anytime you want. 
Just download it. You can listen to podcasts on your way to work. You can listen to stuff on, on your lunch break. You can whatever. But you need to feed and hear your spirit. You need to get that stuff of God in you. Faith comes by hearing. Just know that the opposite is also true. If you don't want to feed it with faith, what are you listening to? Fear and doubt. They come by hearing. Or the lack of not building anything to fight against them. I listen to the news. I listen to the news from time to time too. I don't listen to the news all the time. My reasoning, you don't have to follow me in this. That's up to you. I don't like all the negative. This is pretty simple. I, I just don't, I don't like all the negative. So we have to guard the word, the word that we've sown into our heart. Refuse anything contrary. So in other words, if something comes different, you don't like it. That's different from the word of God. Be careful of what you're in agreement with. Don't say anything that you're in agreement. You know, don't agree with anything that goes against the word. So you have to guard that. Because when you guard your faith and you build it by hearing, then victory will come. Truth will come. Faith will come. Here's number three. Take authority and speak the word. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk evil reap the consequences. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's in the New King James. So we speak life, and people will say things. Just the other night, I, I said something, and this is what, Kim's my word police. She goes, is that what you want? I said, no. So I broke it. And here's the reason. Because we'll say stuff like this, true statement, well, God knows my heart. You got it. God does know your heart. But in the spirit realm, the enemy doesn't have to do anything because of what your heart believes if it's not spoken. It has to be spoken. You have to have life in your mouth. You, you've heard the saying, you are what you eat. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three. 23, basically here's the essence of that. You are what you speak. Strong, focused believers speak the word in only the word over their lives and the lives of those around them. In the morning, I do the Lord's Prayer. I, I, that's my thing because Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. So there's an outline of that at the guest kiosk if you want that and want to do that. Because sometimes this is what happened to me. So just to, just to say, you know, we're going to pray. And some people are like, that just intimidates them. How long is the prayer meeting? Oh, it's, it's an hour or it's a half an hour. And you're like, dude, I am done in like 45 seconds. So what am I going to do for the rest of that time? Just kind of sit there and go, okay. So this will help you. So I, I, I actually go through that prayer. There's an outline there. And I pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's in one of the first parts of that prayer. In my life, have you ever put on your shirt or your sweater, guys or girls, and button the wrong button? And you get it and it's down like that? Then you're like, mm, Newman. I got to unbutton and redo it again. Okay, that's just thing. I got to get my life in line. I'm not trying to judge anybody, but it kind of makes my prayers a lot more effective if I'm understanding and I'm in line with the Spirit and I've lined myself up. Father, help me to keep in the right. Come on, somebody. And, I mean, just to be able to say, God, I need this. Let me stop right here really quick. I know it's 1121. Are you awake? We're all awake. 
Are, are you happy for the most part? Okay. I'm just checking because I was just making sure we're all still here. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Hurry up. <laughs> uh, they're calling me at the restaurant. Hurry, hurry. Put God's word in your spirit on a daily basis. And then automatically, your knee-jerk reaction will be to respond in faith. You'll be able to talk back when the enemy tries anything. The, the devil tried and tempted Jesus. And how did Jesus, in Matthew, he answered with the word and the word only. He spoke to the fig tree. When it didn't do what he wanted, he spoke to it. And he, he talked to that situation. See, God uses words to call those things that are not as though they are. That's what differentiates you and me as believers. We can believe things that haven't happened yet because God has connected and put that in our spirit. We're believing we receive when we pray. No matter what we're faced with, we speak healing, we speak blessing, we speak abundance, forgiveness, peace. Speak the word again and again and again. Fire off scripture like a machine gun. It's Veterans Day. You can do that. Confess God's word in faith and it'll change your life. Here's number four. Control your thought life. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. You'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So is your thought life healthy or toxic? The mind, spirit, and body are interconnected. Your thoughts affect your words. They affect your health, your prosperity, your joy, your peace, and every other area of your life. So it's worth taking time to think about what you're thinking about. Because it affects how you respond and what you do. I know we go through seasons. I get it. We all have seasons. There are things that we do. And I understand that. I'm not excusing any of that. And sometimes, you know, you just this is what you're dealing with. And so you work your way through it. Come on. And you got to do that. Because you're working your way through it. It's not, this isn't I dream of genie. And you just, it's all good. I mean, you want to believe it's all good, and you confess it's all good, but you and I both know you got to have some galoshes to get through some of the crud. I said in the first service, I'm going to say it again, I love me some John Schmidt. Love my man John back in the back, back there. He helps out with 180 Youth, and he's been telling the youth he got this thing called the Chatterbox from Stephen Furtick. And so this is what he got, and this is like the second week of the lesson in it. But, I mean, each lesson, I'm like, that's, oh, that's huge. But this is what he said. John, it, was it Isaiah was the prophet? Is that? Okay. I got it right then. I, said, I think I said that in the first service. I wasn't sure, and then I said Isaiah. There's a story in the Bible about Isaiah, and him, him and his servant, they come out. The servant comes out, if you remember, to get water or something. He sees they're surrounded. And there's a bunch of army people. And he comes back in, and he tells the prophet, he's like, we're in, a, we're in a lot of trouble here. Did you see everything? And this is what the prophet says. He says, God, open his eyes so he can see what he needs to see. And so he goes back out, and behind the army is a host of heaven's armies that far outnumber what he just saw. And here's the point, and I thought to myself, that will ring the bell. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're stuck in, no matter how bad it looks in front of you, whatever is surrounding you, God is surrounding that. That's huge, man. 
I mean, no matter what it looks like, no matter what Goliath looks like to you, God is bigger than what you're facing. And he's got that thing covered. He's got it surrounded. But you've got to feed your spirit and the word. I mean, you've got to get it inside you. That habit has to get there. So what are you thinking? Because thoughts are real things, and they occupy real estate in your brain. Sometimes we're thinking, like, if you're watching the football game, if you're a guy, your kid can come up, hey, Dad, they could be 10 years old. Can I, can I take the car to the store? Is that okay? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Keys are on the dresser. Now, my mind would not be there to tell him that if I was thinking, you know what I'm saying, but my mind is on the game. What's your mind on? Because... You can't say anything in authority if you're not thinking correctly. Focus on what you're thinking about. The enemy will tell you you're not going to get healed. You're not going to get blessed. You're, you're going to fail at this. You're never going to be this. What you thought, that was a lie. Those dreams you had, that's, those are just hogwash. You answer them. Listen to what I'm saying. I underlined this in my notes. This is, again, a huge point. Never let your thoughts go unanswered. Do not let thoughts that are not of God just linger out there that you could process later or whatever. If they're not in the Bible, if they're not of God, dismiss them right then. Get rid of them. Cast them off right then. Tell them where to go. Right, You finally get to tell somebody where to go. So tell them, I'm not. That's not biblical. I'm not thinking that. I'm not going to dwell on that. That has helped me. I hope it helps you. I cast that care on God. Meditate on what I hear. God, show me what. So I say the word. I speak promises. My phone is full of declarations I say in the morning. What am I declaring? I'm declaring the things of my Lord. I'm declaring the things of God, the promises he's told me. That's what I'm declaring. Well, Brett, I don't always feel like that. My feelings don't have anything to do with it, my friend. This is about declaring what the future is. I'm declaring by faith because God said he lays a firm foundation for me. Here's number five in creating habits. Anchor your heart through praise. Psalm 34.1, I will praise the Lord at all times. How many know sometimes it's not? It's not easy. That's why we bring a sacrifice. I will cons constantly, and I even, you could put even consistently, constantly, consistently speak his praises. You know, praise is a language. Some of us, it's more work than others. You look at Mallory. You look at my wife, PK. If you'd cut them and, and open their skin, they're probably wired with praise and worship. It's just kind of in them. You know, I mean, it's just like we can go into a service and it can be, my wife can enter into praise, Debbie's probably like that too, probably enter into praise like quick. It takes me some work. Anybody else like me? It's not like it's like hard, it's just I got to get my mind like, okay, I got to shake this off. I got I to quit worrying about that. Did I park in the right spot? I don't know, did I park in the right No, oh, okay, um, what are we going to do afterwards? Are we going out to eat? Are we going home? Maybe I'm the only guy here. You look like there's some guys out there. But it's just, it's, but it's a language. 
It is something that we just start praising him. When it's good, we praise him. How many remember uh, Facing the Giants? Remember that movie from the church? And remember one of their rules? We're going to praise him when we win, and we're going to praise him when we lose. Come on! If it didn't come out the way you want, you're going to praise him no matter what. Whether you dropped the ball, he never did. So we're going to praise him. We're going to praise him when it's hard. We're going to praise him when it's good. We're going to praise him when it's raining. We're going to praise him when it's sunny. We're going to praise him when we got a lot. We're going to praise him when we ain't got nothing. We're going to praise him. We're going to praise him in everything that we do. I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise is always in our mouth. It's an act of faith. People will be like, how can you thank God it hasn't happened yet? Yes, it has. No, it hasn't. Why? Because you can't see it. You can't see it. But think about that servant. Oh, I can see it. Can I say, I've seen this work over and over and over and over and over again. I tell you and I teach you as much as I can about the kingdom. I sowed a seed one time for an eight-point buck. I said a really nice, big eight-point buck. And I probably told you the story, but this is what happened. I sowed the seed. Kim agreed with me. I went out. We lived out. I had some of the best deer hunting ever. And so I had a, I had just, it was just a white five-gallon bucket I set up against a tree. I carved it on the tree. I, in a heart, I heart Kim, put it right on the tree. You know, just, I'm just out there it's cold i'm just out there i fall asleep so i'm doing this rip van winkle impression up against this tree i got my gun sitting on the other tree sapling right beside it i'm like this and i'm just trying to stay warm how many hunters are here so i'm just trying to stay warm and and i just kind of i fell asleep and i wake up and from me to linda is a man this is this big eight point buck he's laying on the ground He's, I'm not even, I'm just sitting on a white bucket with orange on. And he's just sitting there. That's how the kingdom works. And God is like, about time. <laughs> and the rest of the story, without going into great detail, I was so excited, I shot three times, missed all three times. I mean, God's like, angels, come and watch this guy. This is great. He's right there. We brought him right there, and he still can't hit him. But what I'm saying is I believed before that deer came that it was coming. And I received him before I saw him, and he was there. Habit number six. Pray in the Spirit. Jude 1.20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Maddie's 23. She got that great car. She's learning to drive. We're on our way to work. I'll be like, hey, is your phone charged? She says, yep, 28%. Like, Maddie, just plug it into the charger. No, I'm good. You work till 11, 28%. No, I'm good. Now, this is what I'm trying to get over to her. Now she's starting to understand, and I think she's figured it out. Wouldn't it be good to have it completely charged if you had the ability to charge it? If you got the ability to keep it charged 
and you don't charge it, you'd almost say, that's foolish. Because if you ever needed your phone and you didn't charge it, but you could have, you're going to go, I should have had a V8. I wish I would have charged it. I'm not saying anything would happen, but let's just, wisdom, again, praying in the spirit. Now think about this. This is where I'm going with this. If God says, if you pray in the spirit, you pray perfectly to me. So it takes us from our natural self, gets us back where we're all of a sudden, we are believing and seeing and hearing answers that we couldn't hear in our natural self. Wouldn't it make sense when the enemy comes in like a flood, but my God raises a standard up against him. I could hear from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, because I'm charged, I'm ready to go, and God says, don't worry about that. You got that covered. Here, Brett, do this. But if my battery's on 28%, I may not get all of, how would you like, well, here's what you do. You're going to go to, hello, boy, I wish I had charged that. Stay connected. And how you stay connected as a follower of Jesus, you pray in the spirit. It's a gift from God, and so you continually pray in the spirit. And when you're in the weirdest places, he can download an answer to you just like that. Something you weren't even thinking about, and he could go boing, just like that. I lost my wallet. I didn't know where it was. I don't know how I lost it. I don't know anything about where it's, and nobody likes to lose their wallet. And so I started saying, God, I don't know where my wallet is. So get this idea, pray in the Spirit. So I did. And this is what happened. I felt nothing. I got nothing. Other than hearing myself pray in the Spirit. Now listen, this isn't about your feelings. It's not about your, it affects your doing because of your whoing. Because of who I am in Christ, this habit will affect my doing. So because I know who I am in Christ, I'm not concerned about whether my feelings line up. They'll line up because their feelings are followers. They will follow whatever, because you're the boss. So my feelings, I prayed in the spirit, and I'm like, okay, I got nothing. But this is what my face said. I trust the Lord because I connected that I'm going to find my wallet, whatever that is, or he's going to make it all right. I don't know how that works, but God, I'm casting. And I don't even remember where I was, and in my mind, this picture comes. And I'm not praying in the spirit then. I might be the guy behind the wheel picking his nose. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That was supposed to be funny. But this is what comes. I see this picture of my wallet under my sink in the kitchen. In my mind, I'm thinking, that's nuts. When was I under the sink for my wallet to get there? I don't know. I, to this day, I, I don't know. I think I had a trash can under the sink, so maybe I got the trash out and somehow, I don't know. But you know what? I couldn't wait to get home. And I got to my apartment and I opened there and there was my wallet just exactly like the picture in my mind. It's crazy. You might say, Brett, I don't think that works. You know what? I'm telling you it does. According to the word, it works. Because it says, 
He's got things that he wants to tell you. And he won't tell you unless you want to invest in his kingdom. You want to be a follower? Be a follower. My first, well, not my first, my second staff position as a youth pastor and associate pastor, the pastor said, he said, are you going to name the, rename the youth group? I said, yeah. So I was just messing with him. Not that you could ever picture me doing that. He said, what are you going to call him? And I'm just, because this guy is, half the time he's really serious, you know. So I said, oh man, I am, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be awesome. So I build it really up. And he's like, oh, big, you know, tell me, Gleese, what are you going to call him? I'm like, it's going to be great. Everybody's going to love it. We're going to make shirts. It's going to be awesome. We're going to put a logo up there. He said, what? I said, we're going to call him Barf. His, his face went from, because I kept my face straight. He goes, are, are, are you serious? I said, yeah, Barf. Barf Youth Ministries. And he goes, I, 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 uh, and he goes, Barf? And I said, yeah, be a real follower. And then I said, I'm just kidding. And then he was like, oh. Because he's going to have to pull the pastor tag. No, you're not going to call the youth group Barf. But you got to start praying in the spirit. you got to start saying, God, I need these answers. The Bible says when we pray in the spirit, we edify. In other words, those things that are bothering you, God says, I can heal those. So it's like putting that Holy Spirit salve in there. It's going to improve. It's going to uplift us. It's going to strengthen us. It's going to build us up in faith. It's going to give you hope where there was no hope. It's going to change your focus. Instead of the problem, you'll focus on the promise. Number seven, get rid of baggage. This is our last one, Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd, such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So many of us, if you get into relationships, you all know you, most everybody has baggage. In other words, you bring it from somewhere else or how you were raised this is what happened in your house or this is how you were raised or this or this or this relationship went sour or this or that so we have baggage we got to learn how to get rid of baggage because for us to get here it's really tough to carry this how many ever watched the biggest loser i used to, you know used to watch that and i would just be like wow because some of those people just shed all kinds of weight and usually they had a challenge after they shed the weight. There was something where they had to run a hill or climb through mud. And they had to put however much weight they lost, they put it in backpacks and stuff. And they had to carry it again. And these people were like, I can't even believe I was able to, you know, all that weight. Some of them 70 pounds and more are trying to carry it and trudge through stuff. And that's what we do. We go from here to here, but we don't want to get rid of baggage. And I'm telling you, streamline. You've seen a semi that has those fins that, that just tries to cut the wind so it helps the resistance so it's, it's not so much when they go down the road. You need to streamline yourself. Why are you carrying the baggage? You can't do anything with it anyway except dwell on it. You cannot go back. Brett, you don't know what he did to me. I, I, maybe I don't, but you can't go back. So why let the future be ruined by the past? You can't change that. But what you can change is what you focus on. And you can focus on the good rather than the bad and let God take you out of that stuff and bring you to where he wants you. 
That's what you got to do. You got to focus on what God wants. That's the habit. Get rid of the baggage. I was hurt. This job, this person, whatever. My trust was broken. I get it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it shouldn't have hurt you. What I'm saying is you can't harbor and carry it the rest of your life. It will affect your health spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, financially. It will hinder you. Love whatever that situation, not the situation. Forgiveness. Love forgiveness. Father, you died for whatever I need on that. I put that under the blood. And I walk forward. I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. If anything, make it be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. Streamline. We were watching Olympic people running and all of them are ready. On your mark, get set. And the fifth runner in that race has got all kinds of armor and equipment on and all the rest are just in gym shorts and a tank top and the one guy can't even hardly move you'd be saying take the stuff off you need to streamline because that's what we do we try to carry everything with us i will never be hurt again that will never happen to me again how do you guard against that you know how you guard against that you stay connected to the father and you get wisdom from him so what kind are you carrying today? You're carrying baggage of worry, anxiety, stress, fear, maybe unforgiveness. You got to get rid of it. You have to live your life on purpose. Let me just say, this is really practical. It's just seven habits. Just something small. It'll change your life. Something small. Some of the littlest details make the biggest results. When nobody seems to care, what are you doing to change where you're at? Would you bow your head and close your eyes?